I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from a Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 122 of Thoughts from a Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about how a state court nullified the Supremes. rules on something, that's pretty much it, right? That's the law of the land. That's the standard that's going to be applied all across the entire United States. For instance, take this decision handed down by the Supreme Court known as Maryland versus King. This was back in 2013. Now, according to the Supremes, the police have the right to take your DNA when they arrest you. No warrant necessary. The actual case involved a guy in Maryland who was arrested on an assault charge, and when the cops booked him into the jail, they took his DNA and ultimately matched it to a rape case. Now, he tried to get that DNA thrown out, saying that just because he was arrested, it didn't entitle the police department to get his DNA just because he was arrested. But the Supreme Court disagreed. They said that once you're arrested, you don't have any right to your own genetic code, in essence. Now, the ruling was a staggering blow to the Fourth Amendment, and at the time, a lot of privacy advocates were very upset about it, and and rightfully so. And it was made all the more concerning because this is now the standard that every police department in the United States is going to use. And at the time, I made the case that it would have been better if this guy had sued in state court under the state constitution instead of running to the federal Supreme Court, because the Maryland court may have ruled the same way, but if it had, it would have only been a precedent for the state of Maryland. Since he went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court gave us a crappy decision, then that means that crappy decision is applied in the entire United States. So this is a case for decentralization. It's better to have 50 crappy state courts than one crappy Supreme Court. Now, here's the thing. State courts have a great deal of power, but they very rarely use it. They almost always just defer to the Supreme Court precedent. But in a wonderful exception to that general rule, the Iowa Supreme Court recently, well, basically they just overturned a really bad Supreme Court precedent. In effect, they nullified the Supreme Court. The case revolved around the police search of a guy named Bayan Ingram's car. And he ended up getting charged with some drug crimes. Now, under the U.S. Supreme Court precedent, the search was considered constitutional. 
So instead of trying to fight the battle in federal court where they knew they'd lose, Ingram's attorney chose to challenge the search in state court under the Iowa State Constitution, which is really where it should be challenged anyway. I mean, if it's a state issue, it should be handled in state court. We shouldn't be making a federal case out of everything. So ultimately, the Iowa High Court found that the search violated Article 1, Section 8 of the Iowa Constitution. This section is virtually identical to the Fourth Amendment, but the Iowa court refused to apply the SCOTUS's loose interpretation of the Fourth. Writing for the majority, Justice Brent Apple asserted that the Iowa court is the ultimate arbiter for the meaning of the Iowa Constitution, saying that Iowa courts, quote, jealously reserve the right under our state constitutional provisions to reach results different from current United States Supreme Court precedent under parallel provisions. He said, we have repeatedly declined to follow the approach of the United States Supreme Court in its interpretation of what one commenter has referred to an ever-shrinking Fourth Amendment. I love this because basically what the Iowa court said was, Supreme Court, you have screwed the pooch on the Fourth Amendment and we ain't following along. So the basics of this case is that police pulled Ingram over for a burnt out license plate. And during the stop, the sheriff deputy determined that his registration was expired and he decided he needed to impound the car which seems a little extreme, but that's what they did. So a Newton police department officer shows up and he performed an inventory search of the vehicle. And during that warrantless search, the officer found a glass pipe and a gram of meth. Now, the Supreme Court has held that an inventory search is an exception to the warrant requirement as long as it complies with a reasonable local policy, whatever the hell that is. But as an article in Forbes pointed out, these policies are created by the very agencies that perform the searches. Nor do those policies even have to be written down. They can instead be set by custom and practice. Apple said that this gives police virtually unlimited discretion that undermines the fundamental protections the Fourth Amendment was intended to enshrine. He said an essentially unregulated legal framework allowing wide police discretion in stopping, arresting, and conducting warrantless inventory searches of the driver's automobile amounts to a general warrant regime that is an anathema to search and seizure law. So the Iowa Supreme Court unanimously ruled in Ingram's, Ingram's favor. As Apple put it, the Iowa High Court used this case to, quote, restore the balance between citizens and law enforcement by decoupling Iowa law from the widening and often surprising decisions of the United States Supreme Court. So in effect, the Iowa Supreme Court nullified a bad U.S. Supreme Court precedent in the state and voided a court-created exception to the Fourth Amendment warrant requirement. Now, this almost never happens. I mean, this is not how things are supposed to work, right? Once the Supreme Court makes a decision, everybody's supposed to follow along. That's generally what happens. SCOTUS issues an opinion. It effectively becomes the law of the land in all 50 states. Thanks to this stupid incorporation doctrine, I'll link to an article about that in the show notes page, federal courts have the power to dictate minute policies in every city, town, and county across the entire United States. This is absurd. Why would you basically want five people making decisions for 320 million people? I mean, this is not representative government. This is not constitutional government. 
So the Iowa court did the right thing. It interpreted its own constitution independent of SCOTUS precedent. The opinions of federal judges should have no bearing on a state case to begin with. Like I said, we shouldn't even be taking these cases to the federal courts. All of this should be handled at the state level. I know you're going to get bad, crappy state cases or state court decisions just like you do bad Supreme Court decisions. But again, like I said up top, when a state court makes a bad decision, it impacts that state. It doesn't impact all 50 states. We need more decentralization, not more centralization. So this whole thing in Iowa demonstrates the power of state courts and state constitutions. Every state has its own Bill of Rights. And many of those state Bill of Rights have provisions that are far more restrictive on government than the federal Bill of Rights. But most people automatically make a federal case out of everything. It drives me absolutely crazy. Under the original Constitution, the federal government was never intended to exercise control over state governments. That was left to the people of the states to handle under their own constitutions. The U.S. Constitution's Bill of Rights restricts federal power. The Iowa Constitution's Bill of Rights restricts the Iowa state government. The Iowa court got this absolutely right. It was absolutely correct to decouple SCOTUS opinion from the state constitution. Again, we need more of this kind of decentralization. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Harry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. You're welcome to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I will talk to you next time.